Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hi, I'm Janine, host of the Olive Magazine podcast, and this is part four of a special four-part series where we'll be taking a deep dive into the subject of baking with some brilliant expert guests. This episode, I'm chatting to Barney Desmazri, skills editor of BBC Good Food, sourdough expert and micro-baker. Barney shares the tips and tricks he's learned in his long career and busts some common myths around bread making. So welcome to the podcast, Barney Desmazari. Lovely to see your face. Oh, hi, Janine. Lovely to see you. <laughs> um, full disclosure, me and Barney have known each other for 16 years. Is that right? We've kind Maybe, of been colleagues. Uh, a little bit longer, yeah. I think it's 16 or 17 years on, a, on and off. But we've, we've definitely, yeah. we've, been in the same, uh, we've been in the same office space for, yeah, for nearly 16 years. Yeah, for people who don't know, Barney is the skills editor of BBC Good Food yeah. magazine. Um, and I've been working on that magazine f- for that long in various yes. different roles. I've been um, working on that magazine pre-website and now obviously I work across the brand. So I work website, uh, my job is skills and shows editor. So when there was shows yep. pre, uh, pre, yeah. pre-COVID, I'd do, I'd do all the interviews at all the shows um yeah. self-titled dude from good food i don't know if people yeah. that's what i, call myself. I love that one yeah <laughs> dude from, yeah the self the, i always have to put self-titled because it's not like i wish that could be my official title <laughs> it's not official yeah yeah, yeah self-titled dude from good food uh, i've been there a long time but you know when you work for a, a brand like good food or work with lovely people like yourself janine it's very uh why, yeah. why would you go anywhere else and so i thought um i'd get bonnie to come today and talk to us in this special series we're talking a lot about baking what's a massive part of baking is bread and barney just happens to be pretty much a bread genius i'd say oh, genius, thank is, you. Too no, genius is probably a bit strong but as i said something like your so by day <laughs> by day i work for good food i'm very happy to work for good food and by night like the cape crusader i'm a i'm a bit of a yeah, micro baker so i 
I um, I started baking bread. So about five years ago, my wife started reacting really quite badly to cheap bread. So you buy yeah. cheap bread, she'd, she'd blow up. And having been a food writer, I, I, I did know. And having done a course with Richard Bertinet and previous to food writing, I'd been a chef who'd also, um, I'd, I'd baked bread. I'll go back to that. Um, I'll go back to that later. I knew that homemade bread was a lot easier to digest than shop-bought right. bread. So, yeah. I, so I started baking um, sourdough. And uh, even though I'd baked sourdough, Ten about fifteen years earlier in a in a restaurant when people thought that you know to bake sourdough you had to put things like um, apple peel and grapes and all these mad things. All these, people were really still guessing at making sourdough. Yeah. Um, um, my sourdough wasn't amazing, and then uh, one of the olive food writers, Adam Adam Bush, uh, he was yeah. cooking. He was baking a lot of sourdough, and I saw that he'd done a. He was doing a couple of things that I'd never seen done before. And one of them was baking in a casserole dish. I started looking mm. into that. And then I, I realised it was, you know, it, it was an absolute, we'll talk about game changers later, but it was an absolute game changer in terms of baking sort of artisan bread at home. Yeah. Um, went out, got a couple of casserole dishes um, from, from flea markets, different sizes, started messing around and started producing incredible bread that my wife could digest. But that was all sourdough. Yeah. And sourdough is quite an advanced bread. We can talk about sourdough. Um, but I, I knew it was really, I mean, I knew that, that this bread was really, really good. It was, without sound like over romantic, it was a, after a couple of attempts, it was this moment of epiphany when I, I saw it, I could smell it. And it was like, this is as good, this is, this is as good as shop bought. This, this is, this yeah, is incredible. This is but incredible. Probably better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, better, fresher, warmer. Yeah. And then I was reading about the fact that uh, uh, the famous uh, San Francisco bakery, uh, Tartine, baked twice yeah. a day and they kind of do that they do that hot donuts thing where, where people know when the bread's being baked and, right. and they queue up to have it warm and however good I mean there are a couple of places that I've heard of but however good bakeries were in my area or or the bread was in farmers markets it was never that fresh it always been no. baked early in the morning or it come from you know come from a depot to the bakery and then and and then again I'm going to say I, I will over romanticize it but I kind of started getting these kind of ratatouille moments. So I'm half French. Yeah. My mum was French. Um, I spent every uh, every Easter and every summer in France. My mum yeah. passed away when I was when I was uh, quite young. Um, so there was this one loaf that I made, which was it was uh, mostly white, mostly white flour, and a tiny bit of rye, ten percent rye. And all of a yeah. sudden, I just got this absolute kind of knockout punch of childhood memories that I'd, I'd, I'd completely oh. forgotten, like. And and it was of this French boulangerie. I, I, these things I'd never, you know, I was triggered. Yeah. These, these just triggered these memories. And I think I saw, all that was the moment it, it started to become a bit addictive because I was going, trying yeah. to trying to get back to that moment again and again and again. So that was the sourdough. I knew the sourdough that I was making was really good. I was giving it to people. They were all coming back to me. They weren't just being polite. You could see, you know, they were being as kind of enthusiastic about it as I was. Um I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to completely jam my 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 personal Instagram page with nothing but pictures of bread. So I thought, right, this is time to start a new Instagram page of nothing of, of just just bread. One second, just sorry. Bread. And then, 
my kids weren't too happy with the fact that all I was, you know, the, the, the bread that I was producing wasn't the bread that they liked, which is what we yeah. can refer to as, I suppose, uh, sliced white. But, you know, not yeah. not the bad sliced white, but just general standard sliced white. But then I was also a bit disgusted by when you were buying general sliced white, the list of ingredients that was on the pack, and even just normal white bread, you know, just or normal, not even white bread, just normal supermarket bread, nothing artisan. I'm a firm believer that, not sourdough, you know, just normal bread. Bread should be nothing more than flour, water, Mm. salt and yeast. There is no reason for it to be, at its base, it should should be anything like that. Yes, you can add some some milk to it if you want to make it uh, softer, you want to give it more of a crumb. You you, You can paint it with butter. Of course, there's lots of other ingredients you should put in, but there's absolutely no reason why. Um, there should be anything artificial in there. I mean, bread's one of the purest, uh, uh, purest foods there are. I mean, there's, there's no, you know, there's no finer kitchen magic. You, you can't digest raw flour by itself. And raw flour, no. raw yeast, <laughs> um, raw yeast and water really doesn't make a very uh, appealing meal. But mix them together properly, and you've, mm. you've got you've got food for life. I mean, you, you know, yeah. and it's that it. it it's more than turning like a, a, a an ox cheek into a beautiful stew. It really is like it really is the, yeah. the, the, this kitchen magic. So then I started making. So as well as making the sourdough, I started kind of wanting to make better what I suppose is normal bread. So normal, right. as in Just like proper a, a tin, tin loaf, tin yeah. loaf or bloomer loaf, the sort of thing yeah. that you grew up with. That, you know, it's light, fluffy. You toast and the, and, and and the butter drips into. And it's not sourdough, you know that that's not it. It, it. It's a certain type of bread that we all grew that 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 uh, that, that we all grew up with, and so um, a lot of recipes out there that, that I was seeing, or even the bread that I was taught to cook in college, was never quite the same as the stuff you were buying from the shops. But there were reasons behind that, and then I started to decode those reasons, and now I make both. So I make what I think is very nice normal bread, as well as making. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful artisan type sourdough that I bake. Uh, I, I, I bake on a daily basis, and I bake for people on my street. And I sell a couple of loaves, and I swap loaves for for different bits and pieces. So tell tell us some of the things then that people can bring so, to their so, own so the, so, so the, 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 the thing. So we we've hit on the first one, which is um, which is baking in something enclosed. It's called the casserole method or the Dutch mm-hmm. oven method, but actually. It, it, the, the vehicle of what you bake in doesn't matter as long as it's something that's enclosed. So right. a baker's oven, so a professional baker's oven, is something yeah. that is is a space that's really narrow, yeah, that has a um, really hot stone floor and that mm. injects um, steam, right? So you've got all those elements, and that's what gives you that's what gives a professional baker's oven a um, a, a beautiful loaf of bread. Your domestic okay. oven is a really tall space with no steam and yeah. a rack that doesn't have any heat, right? So a, a, a domestic oven versus a professional baker's oven, they're, they're two complete opposites. So that's why you can't get the same results. But by putting your a loaf of bread, uh, and it doesn't matter if it's normal bread or if it's sourdough, in something that's enclosed that's been heated up to a really high temperature in the oven, all of a sudden you're replicating a baker's oven. 
So by simply, and as I said, it could be a casserole dish, or it could be a tagine, or it can be yeah. it can be uh, it can be a um, a roasting tray with with uh, a bowl that you put over it. But as long as you've got something you can heat up to about two hundred and forty degrees that traps yeah. the steam that comes out of the bread, you I mean it's an absolute game changer. That in itself is you know is oh. a total game changer. So I learned that, um, and then from um, from baking sourdough, I really, I really learned that when it comes to when it comes to fermentation, the fermentation of bread, time yeah. equals flavour, right. and temperature equals speed, and it was those two things that really that I that I could also apply to normal bread as well. So. You, you can, if, if you're taught to cook a loaf at college or a basic loaf at a catering school or a, a cookery school, you're, you know, you're taught to do it from start to finish in about two hours. Slow, that's fine. You end up with a, a, a decent loaf of bread. Slow that process down and you end up with a lot more flavour. And the way to slow that process down is with temperature. So temperature, okay. when you're dealing with when you're dealing with uh, when you're dealing with any form of fermentation, temperature is your is your are your gears. It's your speed. Make things colder, and things take a lot longer. Yeah. Make things warmer, and I think the difference is between I think it's between like two degrees and forty degrees. After forty degrees, things start to cook, and after two degrees, I think after two degrees, you get into one, you know, <laughs> one zero. They start to freeze. Yeah, but you can use you you can you can gauge between those two. You can between use them. You don't yeah. have, you don't need a probe. You don't need to, but you can really start to gauge. You know where things are going and as i you know i, I, I was talking about this the other day so you, of course you can use a probe and we can talk about different temperatures and get really geeky about it but at the end of the day you know if your kitchen is cold in the winter yeah. or warm in the summer you know that the shelf above your radiator is warm you know that you know your your, your, your garden shed is cold and you, you you can play around with those things but and this is something that we applied to because it really became apparent when I when I did some hot cross buns. I did so I do a next level series in um, Good Food, which which you know yeah. about, where you we take a basic recipe and we try and make it better. It's a bit like Heston meets um, Felicity Cloak meets. No, it's like you know she she does yeah. she does perfection, and Heston did the the ultimate, and it's yeah. kind of, it's all these things sort of sort of in one. And we were doing the, the we were doing the next level um, hot cross buns, and. Um, I wanted to try two ways. I wanted to try one method, which was from start to finish, outside the outside the oven. Uh, sorry, out of the fridge, and then one which was like, so you want them you want them really warm on um, on Easter on Easter Sunday. Can you put right. them in the fridge overnight? So we, okay. we 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 made the same. We made a double batch of the same dough. And then Liberty, who um, who who's who's amazing, who works in our kitchen, incredible baker. She knew, she knew a lot about brioche, and essentially it's an enriched dough. It's brioche. Uh, she she let one prove for an hour uh, uh, in a warm kitchen, baked it. They were perfectly nice, very very nice indeed. And then we did the same thing, but we put the we put the rolled um, buns in in the fridge. Came in the next day and then baked them cold from the. I think we let them prove for an hour and then baked them. And the difference was like it was incomparable. Like the really? flavor wow. that they had. All of a sudden you have this complexity. Like it's a bit like yeah. you know when you when you eat you you eat like a you eat. Um, a, a, a slow cooked curry, and you just eat it straight away, and it's lovely. And then you you put it in yeah. the fridge for a couple of days, and then you you have it for leftovers. You might take it into work, put it in the microwave, but all of a sudden you're like, this is infinitely yeah. more delicious yeah, 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 yeah. than yeah. it was two it or three days ago. And you can't quite work <laughs> out why, but the, the flavors are deeper. It's yeah. kind of it's more rounded. It's like, and so it was like again, it was that moment of like 
wow, this 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 is really where it is with that. So those are a couple of things that uh, yeah that, that I apply to to basic bread that I learned from um, that I learned from sourdough, yeah. and then from I th- and so it, it's things that you can just you can just take on board. And there's another thing which is about holding the salt back, which is it's called auto leaves when you're making sourdough. So salt, okay. obviously salt. It, it seasons it seasons the bread. It gives it a darker crust, but it also it, it's part of the chemical reaction when you're making bread, and it um it it stops the yeast from reacting as quickly. And that doesn't matter yeah, yeah. if it's natural yeast or if it's if it's if it's commercial yeast, and also yeah. it stops the gluten from from forming as quickly. And by holding yeah. it back for half an hour, yeah, you have to you don't you have to need the um. You don't have to knead the bread as much because the really? the, the, the reaction of the your reaction of the water oh. and the the flour without the salt all of a sudden starts to to form gluten because mm. am, am I getting too geeky with you, Jane? No, no, this is good. This is because good. No, no, this what, is good. Another thing I think people don't understand is, and this was something that I and some, this was something that uh, again I think is a bit of a game changer is we tend to think of flour, and I, I was guilty of this for absolutely years. Even though we know and we're told we're all intelligent people, but we still tend to think of flour as this white powder that sits in our pantry yeah. or sits sits in our larder or sits in our <laughs> you know sits in our, sits in our cupboard, right? Mm. And that's it. And it's this flour. It's this powder that we 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 use to make things with. We don't tend to think of it as a grain with its no. own sort of with its own grain mind that when you add liquids to is yeah, is doing it's something. Al- yeah, it's alive, it's, isn't it? It's I mean, alive. Yeah. It wants to germinate. Wants to swell yeah. up. This whole chemical reaction is happening. By yeah. by leaving the by leaving the salt out, and it's not essential. But by leaving the salt out, you 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 get a dough that is lighter, that is easier to work with. That you have to um, that you don't have to knead as much, or you don't have to manipulate as much as you would. What point do you do you add the salt then? About in, half in, about half that? an hour later. So if I'm making so for, and it can be for a lot longer. So if I'm making so should we talk basic white bread basic white uh, basic yeah. bread I would add I now add my um my flour my yeast and my water and then yeah. I leave I leave it for half an hour yeah. And then I'll add my salt, and that's when I oh. need it. Yeah, yeah. And all, so you're all just giving it a little start. Yeah, just, you're just, just giving it a little it. start off. No yeah. salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah no salt. And then all of a sudden, as soon yeah. as you, it's a bit like you know when you add salt to like straight. As soon as you add salt to something you're about to pickle or something you yeah. want to degorge, like it, it, it's within it's seconds, isn't water, it? Yeah. Within seconds, it 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 all it just starts to it just starts to will. Yeah. That same sort of thing happens within seconds. You see the you see the dough start to tense and change and react differently. Yeah. Now, when I when we were in the office, what I used to do with sourdough is I used to mix my dough without salt in the morning, leave yeah. it in the fridge. Remember what I said about time equaling flavour? Leave yeah. it in the fridge all day until I got home and then pull it out of the fridge and then add my salt and then make uh, make a really quick dough from there. But a lot of the work had happened in the fridge. So I was doing like this long, which is called nautilies or I call it... Um, the retarded method where you retard the salt, uh, you hold it back. Uh, you know, you yeah. hold back the salt. It's called it the hold back method. That's probably a better way of saying it. You hold the whole, the holding back the salt method. I used to do that for like eight hours in the fridge and get wow. beautiful, beautiful bread, like absolutely stunning just, bread. It's the ultimate like hands off, isn't it? You're yeah, literally yeah. not. You're like putting it all in there, leaving it yeah. to do its work. Yeah, and, and it, it does. Just, it does most of the work for you. 
I mean, yeah, you, do, you still need to manipulate it a little bit, but you certainly yeah. don't need you don't need to stand there pummeling it for like as, as you're taught big, to do for, yeah. for ten minutes. Yeah. Stick around to hear more from Barney, including some myth busting around bread making. You mentioned Richard Bertone before, yeah. who who's a lovely man and a really yeah, incredible an amazing baker. baker. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, I think years ago he was the first person I saw who did that very. Um, you know, he was like, you don't need, you don't pound the dough, don't need no, no. the dough. You're, you're kind no. of, he kind of just sort slap of and fold, slap and, and fold, slap and fold, slap and fold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what he does, if, yeah. if anyone, if, if anyone wants to go online and yeah. he, he does videos, he's got a really good Instagram. But yeah. he will, you'll be, if you think, if your idea of needing dough is what we were all taught in school, yeah. which is just pummeling away at it, yeah. you'll be really shocked at how he treats the dough. But he uses a much higher hydration dough. So yeah. to be honest, he wet. can't he can't knead his dough to start with anyway because yeah. <laughs> the hydration is too high because it's too sticky. But yeah. when you're upping the hydration, you do get a much nicer bread. So that's the other thing that I would say that I do. And I don't I kind of straddle the two. So um I do with my basic bread, I add more water than you would get from most basic most basic bread recipes are, are, are the same, whether you go to yeah. you know, whether you go to from one cookery school to another cookery school to another practical cookery book. So we, we know all the different places um that they come from, but they tend to be the same. And there's nothing wrong with them, but I don't think you're getting as good a result as 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 you as you could be. Um, because a, a lot of cooking we do on autopilot and we don't question. I think it's something we're going yeah, to address in. We're, we're about to put a new boost pages together, aren't we, for, for good food? Yeah, for good and food, I think yeah. we're, we're going to talk about that in some of the, in, in there. It's kind of things we're going to talk about myth busters. So, and again, that's what the, the next level thing is. It's actually about thinking about why we do things. So a couple of, um, yeah, a couple of, uh, Mythbusters with bread is what I, what I said before about holding the salt back. The one that always gets me is making a well in a bowl to add your water when the water just pours yeah. everywhere. I've never understood what that's about. It's like <laughs> sifting flour. You're pouring the water into the bowl anyway. The whole, yeah. I mean, if you're doing, if you're making pasta on top of a, yeah, you need to yeah, be yeah, able to yeah, fill it into I, the middle. I, I, I get that. But if you're putting things in the bowl, <laughs> how many times have you read that? You know, you just make a well in in in, in your flour in the bowl mm. and then pour water into it. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, the insistence of using fresh yeast by people, I just don't understand. Yeah. I, I I can't find any even even the reasons people give to me don't feel like enough of a reason to um, to to have to go out and find something that's really hard yeah, to find. Yeah, which is quite hard to find. Yeah. Hard to find, doesn't keep, and um, yeah. and is actually quite expensive. And, and actually the results have not been proven to be any different whatsoever. So that's another thing that, that, um, that gets me. And surely me. the point with fresh yeast is that, um, you know, with dried yeast, you know exactly how, you can be really precise with it, can't yeah. you? Yeah, With dried yeast, because it's, you, three grams of this dried yeast will be exactly the same yeah. as three grams of that dried yeast. So there's fresh, fresh there's this fresh yeast, which again I, I, I don't understand, and then there's uh, then there's <laughs> dried yeast, which is which is exactly that, but it's it's dried, which you need to um, you need to dissolve in water, and then there's fast action, which is what I use, which I know people yeah. say, oh, it's got a few more chemicals in it. I don't think it does, but um, sorry, I need to say it again, um, which I know has like. 
a few bits and pieces which activate it, but to me it's right. easiest to use because you can add straight you can add, yeah because you can add it straight to straight to your flour and you need to use a little bit less than that of, of dried. So those are the those are the three types. I use fast action. I have used dried. I've spent years using fresh because that's what I was told to use. And to be honest, uh, yeah, to me there's bit there's very little difference. But in yeah. fact, there's there's no difference apart from apart from the fact that fresh is really hard to find. And uh, and you have to cream it in with things, and yeah. And you were saying like earlier about when when we were chatting through, you were saying earlier about possibly people using a bit less yeast. Yes, yeah, so so it's against it like it's quite a good thing to get your head into. It's like baker's percentages. So this is right. the thing about bread is a bit. It's un, it's unlike making sauces or casseroles or risottos. You can simply multiply or divide, and and the the, the quantities will always stay the same. So bakers okay. work on this uh, on this baker's percentages thing, which is your flour is always one hundred percent, and then and then the amount of yeast and the amount of water and the amount of salt you use is always a percentage of that. So okay. a lot a lot of recipes will be um, will use fifty percent water. So for example, if you've got a kilo of flour, that's yeah. five hundred mil, five hundred grams of of water. Or mm-hmm. a standard loaf, a standard large loaf is always 500 grams of flour. And mm-hmm. people will tend to use about um, 250 grams of 250 grams of water, which makes quite a stiff dough, which, to be honest, you yeah. can't really slap and fold. You will need to knead anyway. Um, yeah. But then the Richard Burton A is more the uh, 300 to like 325 um, school of I think he's 300, 325 school of, of bread, which makes a much wetter dough, which is harder. Yeah. So the the drier, the drier your dough, the easier it is to work with. But the uh but the the less nice, the um the less complex your dough structure is going to be. Right. So the people will say wetter is better, but actually it's a lot harder to work with. Yeah. And and I, I do think there is a really happy medium at around so at around three hundred to like three hundred and twenty-five grams or mils because you know milliliters and grams when it comes to water is exactly the same. Happy, you know, yeah. happy happy laws of science. Um you can, you know, people will tell you to weigh your water, but actually milliliters and milliliters and grams when it comes to water and milk, because the density isn't actually that different. It's different That's when it's different. oil, but they're, they're they're identical, which is a really nice little cool. little way of doing things. Um, but once you get 300, 325, then um, you've got a really nice dough that produces a really nice crust, a really nice, really nice crumb and is um, and uh, isn't that hard to work with? But once you start yeah. pushing it to three fifties, so you're getting to like seventy percent uh, hydration. It starts to become quite hard to work with. And even though you end up with a really beautiful bread for beginners, that's, that's too hard. And you end up with this sticky mass yeah. that you have to kind of work with that kind of goes everywhere. That you end up people end up adding more flour to. Yeah. Um, one thing I would say about the whole kind of slap and fold versus the. Um, versus kneading it's again it's one of those things to be honest yeah. as long as you're as long as you're stretching the gluten i don't yeah. think i don't think it matters that much i really don't think it matters like whether you whether you need um, traditionally or whether you uh whether you you know you're you're slapping the dough against the surface and picking it back up or whether you're doing the rich burton they slap and fold or whether you're putting it in a in a tabletop mixer and using a dough hook as long okay. as that as long as long as you're as stretching as you're the gluten doing that, yeah. yeah 
My way of doing it, I mean, the way that I like doing it the most, if you think about, I'm getting super geeky here, but if you think about gluten structure and how it works in terms of layers in your bread and stretching yeah. it, is I like to put the dough on a, a wet surface, not a floured surface, so it doesn't stick. Oh. And then do the thing, you know, when you're making puff pastry, when you fold it onto itself? Yeah, like a sort of envelope. Like an envelope. Exactly, like, like a bookend, like a, like a bookend. Yeah. So do that, then bring the dough back round onto itself, oh. leave it to rest for 10 minutes and then do that again. And if you if you keep working it, I mean, I've found with like yeah. one thing I've learned from you and Adam is, you know, when I am making a slightly wetter dough, like if I'm making a focaccia or yeah. something, to begin with, it's not behaving for me. It's been a little bit annoying yeah. and a little bit sticky. But you keep working, you keep working. Don't add more flour. No. Just keep keep going at it. Like you said, leave yeah. it to rest. Let it do its thing. Yeah. And eventually it behaves beautifully. It yeah. just comes together. And it comes together. And all of a sudden it does. It's, it's a yeah. perseverance. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think a lot of what you're saying, yeah. and and you'll probably back me up with this, is um, it, it's practice and practice and practice. And even if you're, you know, you're every time you make a love, recognising what you're doing, yeah. you know, maybe you're making little notes, maybe you're just kind of, you know, taking a picture to show what your dough's like. But you can probably say as a, as a recipe writer and as a recipe developer that you're not going to learn anything no. important unless you keep going and keep yeah, doing totally. it. Yeah, totally. I, I, I did, for, with the sourdough, I kept a notebook for the first year because it was, it was I, I, didn't, I wouldn't be defeated by it. And one, no. thing, I, one thing I would say was <laughs> even, even, even the not so great bread, even the actually, even the pancakes, and they, we all have pancakes, we don't put them on Instagram, but even the pancakes were still, were still delicious. Like yeah, only, only, only on the occasions when you kind of you haven't set a timer and you've been you thought you're beyond your timer yeah. and and you've turned out charcoal has uh, has has the bread not been has the bread not been something to something to learn by and you yeah. know the, the beauty of bread is also every loaf is unique and it really it really yeah. is we're not here for the Chorley Wood method we're not here to knock out bread yeah. that's identical it doesn't matter if you're making basic bread or, or you're making artisan bread. That it, and that's the other thing that I really loved about the kind of code breaking thing. It, it could be the humidity of the day, it could be the temperature, it could be it could be how you, you know, whether you, you walk off. But it's always going to be slightly different. But it's all it's yeah. always it's always really nice. It's always delicious. Yeah. No, yeah. I love that. Yeah. But um, thanks for coming today, Bonnie, and sharing Pleasure. all of your knowledge with us. Maybe you'll come back again, and we can. I'm oh, sure I'd we could to. talk for about <laughs> three hours on different subjects. But yeah, um, so but thank. <laughs> Can I? Yeah, so, where, where, where can, can I, people go and find out more? Tell so us, there's tell a couple us, of things here. So with BBC Good Food, we did uh, we worked in conjunction with a company called Learning with Experts, and yep. we did an online course, which I think is really reasonable actually. But it, it peaked during lockdown. I think it's about thirty pounds, and that's um, that's four hours. Is it four hours? Well, it's at least two hours of me, um, two hours of me doing a sourdough video tutorial, but set yeah. out like a cookery course. So that's learning with expert sourdough with BBC Good Food. Yeah. Um, we run on Good Food. We run webinars. There's one. Yeah, I saw yours. Yeah, this is coming great. out. I think this this podcast coming out in November. But we're doing one in October. But there are they are running um, quite regularly. So we're doing sourdough webinars, and then completely independently from good food nothing to do with good food i've done this independently i've released a little audio book called how to make bread 
And that is people because I'm known for sourdough. People, people I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it and learn to make sourdough. This is not sourdough. I must say, this is for beginners. This really is right. like this is flour. <laughs> this is water. This is salt. This is this yeast. Is how you do. It's, it's yeah. for people who have never made bread before. And I, that was really fun as well. That was a real that was a real learning curve. But I don't want. I, I, I'd hate people to to spend the money on this audiobook and then go. Mm, where's the sourdough in it? There isn't. Hopefully that will be. That will be um, issue two. We'll do or the the, the second. If, yeah, the second. If they book. want to keep in touch with your sourdough journey, that's yes. um, at Kendall Kenzel Risen. Kenzel Risen. Kenzel underscore Risen. That's all on Instagram. My, that's all my community baking, and then I am Barney Desmasri, all one word on Instagram for everything. Yeah. Else. And there's sourdough on there as well. There's the bread yeah. baking on there as well. And lots of other tasty things as well. Oh, but, um, thank you. Thank you so much again for coming to see us, Bonnie. Oh, oh, it's it was lovely to chat to you. Lovely to see you, Janine. You too. Okay, bye. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you want to explore more of our back catalogue of over 200 episodes, you'll find us on all the main platforms and on our website, olivemagazine.com, where you'll also find loads of useful recipes and some great cooking advice. Why not try a subscription to Olive Magazine and get the very best recipes delivered to help inspire your cooking? To take advantage of our current offer of three issues for only £5, go to buysubscriptions.com forward slash allpod 720. That's O-L-P-O-D 720. Terms and conditions apply. 